1: Hello, MLS Fantasy Managers, you're listening to the 2019 Round 12 Preview episode of the MLS Fantasy Insider. This episode is brought to you by the frito Cochin Hudson Employment Agency, for those who need a second chance. Uh, wait, no, no, no. Uh, actually, uh, brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by co-hosts Michael Denton and Blaine Riffle. How are you guys doing? Doing well. I'm good. Good. Glad to have you all here on this uh, wonderful Monday evening, as we're so used to getting these podcasts cranked out to hit these Wednesday double game week deadlines that have just this just the staple of, of leading <laughs> up through and a little bit after Gold Cup. So. It's intense. I hope everyone listening has been enjoying it. I know I'll do a little bit of apology for some of the the content, not making it out to MLS fantasy boss uh, all the time, but uh, yeah, we're, we're hit by it too. So I'm trying to keep the most important things coming out most crucial. I'm going to have all the charts out this week, but thanks everyone who uh, keeps up with it. And thanks for everyone on Twitter and Patreon who, who is so supportive with all this and, and still sending in questions. And by the way, send in questions. I want to know your fantasy questions email them, tweet them at me, send them to me for, for the articles and the, and the podcast. We want them. But thanks so much, guys. We've got another Double Game Week episode for you. This one's a doozy, so let's jump right in to start talking about round 11 so we can get it all in perspective. How would your teams do this week? Blaine?
2: Uh, I got a 105 on the round. Uh, I think the biggest mistake I made was captaining Zlatan this week and completely forgetting that Chicago was on a double game week.
1: Two mistakes. One, I think, that many others
2: also made.
1: The Zlatan <laughs> one.
2: Uh, the Chicago one really burned.
1: Not so much. Not so much.
2: Yeah, and for mm. whatever reason, Orlando decided to play one of their scrub defenders and scrubbed out my Rooney score, who Ooh. I had on the bench. So, that I mean, it only cost me seven points, but still, that's seven points I would like to have this week, considering I got a 105. I've fallen all the way down to 452 in the overall ranking, so... Not a great week for me. Still time to climb back up, but this one hurt. Mike,
0: uh, I got one sixteen. Um, I had a mix of errors and unintentional brilliance. Uh, my unintentional brilliance is that I threw a bunch of Chicago attacking players um, on my bench, or Chicago players. So I had Nikolic and Kappelhoff. Um If I, you know, if this was a good fantasy season for me, I would have had Gaetan, but you know, not gonna get that lucky this year um i balanced that out however to have like Luis Robles as my gdw keeper and you know, he didn't play the second game for reasons but it worked so i don't know um but i ended up with 116 which is a score i'm very happy i think the main difference between me and blaine with all that craziness is that i captain pozuelo instead of zlatan so um i was not too upset when zlatan didn't do well both because he didn't do well against my team and because it didn't kill me in fantasy
1: yeah hey Win-win for you right there. Uh, I also got hit hard by the LA Galaxy failure, uber failure this week. A 127 overall, so... Not awful, uh, pretty much stayed around the same. If you were looking to have some significant increases this week, you were mostly looking for like a 140, 145 and higher. I even saw some 170 scores out there, so congrats to those mm-hmm. of you who sent me those on Twitter. But 140s and up uh, tended to be the place where people saw movement. Uh, below that, if you, especially if you didn't hit into maybe that around that 130 range, like I said, I got 127. i I don't remember exactly what my round rank was last week, but it was roughly the same. So not a lot of movement in that range. Uh, But yeah, no, uh, LA Galaxy, big hit for me. I had Polenta and I had Giovanni Dos Santos. uh, So that was a hurt. And then I had Captain... It's lidon, Jonathan. Oh, have... uh, sorry. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. The the wrong. The, JDS. JDS. Sorry, I throwback. mean,
0: this year I might have had John Giovanni. Does <laughs> <pesLove> <laughs> t- it's
1: a throwback. No. And then I had Laton cap, so that did not work. Uh, I did bring in some Chicago coverage as well. I was thinking about who I wanted. Did not go with Gaetan, but I brought in Katai when I saw that he was starting. I was worried about him maybe splitting games, so I got twenty-two out of him, my highest scoring player there. And then my Brad Kazan keeperu worked out for me, so. I just let that ride. Um, otherwise pretty solid, solid around there. I had capital hop had Martinez that I, who I brought in. I uh, wish I had, I almost brought in Vialba, but I went with Martinez. So, but just happy with that. Robinson did well. Lovitz did not do well for me with Montreal, but like you, Mike, I, I can't really be unhappy about that. He didn't get an assist, but Cincinnati got a win. So yeah, I'm good with that. <laughs> I'm good with that, but uh, not the worst week for me. Uh, Maybe for Blaine, but not the worst week for me, except when we look at the head to heads. Look at the head to heads. Uh, Mike, you beat Jason Morris 116 to 109. So, a pretty close game mm-hmm. right there. Blaine, you lost to Mito from Fantasy Football 24 7, 105 to 124. And then I also lost to Older Goaler 127 to 139. So, uh, most of those are actually pretty pretty close. I think we can see a lot of people, even in our experts league, struggled some this week. Several of them did very well, though. Uh, so our top points, Oh man, this kind of hurts. This kind of hurts. Bobby Warshaw top points, 159 in the head to head league this week. Congrats, Bobby. Now I got to say, I'm wearing my boss gear tonight. As some of you may have noticed in the YouTube land. Part of this is, is because I'm trying to work on getting the content put out when I got home and just started right at it. But I also watched the latest instant Repay, play, playing. Bobby was looking pretty sharp in his, in his jacket and, and, and nice shirt and everything. So I didn't I didn't want to be upstage tonight. So trying to look sharp having the boss attire on. But yeah, Bobby Warshaw, 159 points, pretty pretty tight this week. Um, Ryan Anderson still leads the head to head league eight oh and three. Sherry was so close, but I think she got a draw this week and she's seven one and two. So not not quite uh, be able to overtake Ryan just yet. Then over in the Patreon league, uh, I lost that one pretty close, a little bit closer in that one as well. But uh, River Schoolkill with 9-1-1 one, and one still leads the way. Uh, FC Star Fox, I believe, is second right there. So the head-to-heads have been really tight. I hope everyone's having fun with those this year. If, if you're playing fantasy and have not tried a head-to-head, I really encourage you to get some of your friends together, uh, get some of your office mates together. The head-to-heads are, are really fun. And if you want to make your own little maybe homebrew draft system, head-to-heads, I think are a pretty cool way to do that as well, uh, to, to still use that fantasy scores and, and just make it work. But it's really fun. I really like it. Uh,
0: Reed, do you know which one of us is in um, leading in the head-to-head out of the three of us? Uh, I don't off
1: the top of my head, but I assume that since you're asking, you're <laughs> eager to share. I
0: don't know. I'm just curious. <laughs> I mean it can't be me, right? I mean, I'm just terrible at this game. It can't possibly be me.
1: It's it's probably your son.
0: <laughs> it should be my son. <laughs> yeah, it's I know I I just looked at it and it's me. I'm amazed by that. We we suck. Why are we doing this podcast?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not at all. I mean, we got the all the extra time radio guys in this week. We got the Patreon people in, and and now I mean we're here to play for the Patreons, but we got we had to go easy on these.
0: I, it, no, it's funny because our head-to-head is actually like insanely close because like the second place person has seven wins or the third place person just has seven wins and no draws. And I'm in 17th place with five wins. So that just shows you how many people are close to 500.
1: It is. Terms. And that's what's so fun, I think, about the head-to-head because I know that the overall point sometimes you can feel. We've talked about it the last several weeks uh, if it's if – it's, uh, Worth playing, or if you can still make up for it, or just whatever your 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 pros and cons are for going. And, and I and I can get how when you're looking at the overall table, that might seem like a big hill. But the head-to-head mm-hmm. can can easily can easily change. Ours has it because it's very competitive. But I see other head-to-heads and talk to other people with head-to-heads where leads have changed back and forth. Uh, in previous years, we've had some leads change back and forth as well. But we upped. The ante with the competition, so uh, it's 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 crazy. So I really do encourage people to try those head-to-head systems. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but enough about that. I preach about that all the time. Let's talk about our round 11 fantasy takeaways as we're getting ready for uh, this round 12 talk. So remind us where we came from, guys. Most surprising fantasy moments from round 11, Mike.
0: Um, for me, it was. LA Galaxy getting zero goals over the entire double game week. Um, I mean, with New York City playing better defensively, uh, that was a possibility. But, I mean, you figure still at home with New York City on a cross-country trip, Galaxy going to get something. Um, and especially against Columbus, w- with Columbus struggling, I think they've only won one out of their last seven, and this was the one, and they lost 3 nothing. I think a lot of that had to do with Jonathan Dos Santos getting hurt early in the Galaxy game. But I think some of it is, is a little bit more concerning, which is that the Galaxy's offense has been one-dimensional this year, just getting crosses into Zlatan and hoping Zlatan does Zlatan things. And for the most part this year, Zlatan has done Zlatan things. But um, it came to a stop this year, and he only got five – or this, this week, and it, it came to you know, ugly results for the Galaxy. The Zlatan dimension.
1: <laughs> Blaine, what about you?
2: Yeah, um, we always talk about the elusive double clean sheet, and we had two of them this week with Atlanta and Chicago. I I mean, if you loaded up on defenders there, you cashed in big. Um, That never happens.
0: Yeah,
2: and I mean, these were two defenses that are hit and miss on the right week. They've got a couple of players that you might think about bringing in. So for for it to be these two teams getting the double clean sheet with the way the season has gone is just astounding.
1: And that's one of my takeaways. I'll go ahead. Well, you know, I'll wait for a second. I'll uh, i bring that up at the proper point of the show. Uh, I agree, Mike. I think the LA Galaxy blank has to be the most surprising uh, result of the round. I know so many people were looking at Slaton for that. Captain armband and maybe even had three LA Galaxy players like myself there. I'm going to add the win for FC Cincinnati. Maybe that's just me personally. A big surprise with the coaching change, firing everything going on. Uh, having that win just meant so much. So that was a big surprise for me. And that five goal Chicago game, Blaine. You mentioned the clean sheets, but five goals for Chicago. Oh my gosh! It's like they got Calvo and now it's <laughs> and now it's just woo, fun fun times. Um, which I just I just realized my. Calvo's on a different team now, so that totally messes up with my dream team based on, on actual three-player rule. So uh, that's that's not going to work anymore. That's, <laughs> sorry, that's, I, I forgot about that. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's five goals just out of nowhere and against uh, New England. So
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately, the New England gift isn't going to keep giving or at least, at least may not give quite as much in the weeks to come. Um, with them getting rid of Friedel and today getting rid of their uh, general manager, um, so I don't know if they're, they're, New England is going to be quite as generous, but I still think they're someone we can probably target for fantasy purposes.
1: True, and uh, that's it's that that's going to a good way to lead us into our fantasy takeaways. So just keep rolling with that.
0: Yeah, I mean, we saw a lot of turnover in MLS this week. I mean, last week we talked about Hudson being fired for the Rapids. That hasn't changed anything. They're still conceding a lot of goals and um, scoring a lot of goals, uh, but. FC Cincinnati fired their coach. Uh, immediately got a win against Montreal, which, as we would said, was a, was a surprising result. I'd picked um, some Montreal defenders thinking, oh, that's a sure clean sheet. And nope. They they gave up two on the, you know, coach bounce or whatever that is. Um, and then New England fired their coach, Brad Friedel, after conceding five to the Chicago Fire. So... Um, there's rumors today that Bruce Arena is going to take over in some capacity for the New England Revolution, um, maybe just as a GM, maybe as a GM and coach. Um, so we'll see how how that turns up. But, um, yeah, there was a lot of change this week. We had a, a, a lot of trades. I don't think many of the trades were, were terribly big for fantasy, um, except for maybe one that we can talk about as a possible budget option. But yeah i mean i think there's gonna be it'll be interesting to see how those teams do under new leadership Uh, i mean i think we've talked a lot about friedel being very negative especially last year with the lee win situation uh and that just not going well and 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 then most importantly just not bringing in good players uh this past week new england had like a four million dollar transfer just go fall through because the player was like nope don't want to go there and i mean who could blame them? So we'll see if the New England Revolution can turn it around and get something. But, um, I mean, I think for, like, takeaways and, you know, all that going forward is maybe we're seeing, especially for double game weeks, I think home is getting a little bit more stable, and that's coming back into play. Blaine
2: yeah i think a lot of your fantasy takeaways come from this transfer market and mike said there's not a whole lot of fantasy implications but i see a few huge ones going forward colorado has been get on record pace for giving up goals this season they went out and traded for abdul watu uh finally learned how to pronounce it and he's out of kansas city <laughs> um uh 22-year-old center back from Rwanda showed a lot of athletic ability, little bit, needs a little bit of work on decision-making. And then they go in Lalas Abubakar from the crew and then go after Lewis from New York City FC, and they ship out Benny in this process. I mean, that's a team that is really making some changes, trying to right the ship. Um, two, two younger center backs coming in with the way they've been giving up goals, if they show any type of uh, stability together, this could be a team that's been giving up two to three goals a game that cuts it down to one. Um, That means, and at home, that could be even better. So that means the goal scoring threats we've seen there are going to, could dry up against them. That may be one of those teams you don't pick against um Kansas City I think we saw in the last month and a half or so has been averaging giving up 3.5 goals a game. I mean it's some ridiculous number. They go in trade for Benny. Benny is taking Roger's spot in the lineup since he's out uh, another 2 to 3 months with a knee injury and all of a sudden we held it's a, a DC. It's a good pickup. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I can get into that later if I need to, but I mean they go from conceding three and a half goals a game on average to giving up one in DC. There were a few extra chances. Melia still does Melia things, but we just didn't see that um, everybody flooding forward trying to get around the Kansas City defense. Benny solidified that midfield line that we've seen Roger do for so many years. So they've replaced that position with a like-minded player who can cover that so i mean that's two of your teams right there and I, I think a lot of us have been on the same page with the revolution at times they've got some good players i mean fegundes is playing for a contract gill has been phenomenal and one of the few players we've been willing to pick up um they've got two Caicedos that both look okay at times uh they i think juan fernando it has scored a couple of goals recently if if it is Bruce Arena coming in, there's going to be some transition. But there's talk of merging the GM and the manager spot and giving it all to one person. I think Bruce Arena was tagged to come in when they went with Friedel, but because but he denied it because he didn't want one job. He wanted both. If they do something like that, New England's got the pieces that they can be a quality team and and stop being just the whipping boy of MLS. So I, I think that's the line we need to watch. And there's a lot of big fantasy implications from the bottom end of the table where we've been betting against. And these are three teams that could really shore up their fantasy stuff. And we saw it all happen on deadline day. But
1: yeah. even in Cincinnati, they've been talking about trying to target a, an EPL coach right there. So a lot of focus on, on just culture with that. I'll uh, wrap up with some other, uh, just takeaways that I have. Guys, if something else pops in your mind, feel free to throw it in there. Uh, keep an eye on when Josie Alvador is returning. He is really uh, the key to success with Toronto. We've seen some struggles there. And a key to big points from Pozuelo. He he did well this week. Definitely better than uh, Bradley, who I think we expected more from in this double game week. Uh, Pozuelo is still... Uh, Probably the only pick I would go to without Josie, and he's not as great with Josie, so weigh that up against the options there. So Josie is the key for that. With hope, he'll be back soon from that hamstring injury. Uh, this This last week was an interesting result from Dallas. Didn't really get the high points that they... That, or the just the good points that we've seen in the past, and some of that's because of injuries and calls for the U-20 World Cup, which is important leading into this double game week that they have. So keep an eye on Dallas. Uh, could have some budget options, and could be a team you maybe bet against on at this over this next. Week or two, uh, And then Blaine already talked some about Sporting Kansas City. They've made these moves and they did not get blown out against D.C. 1-0 against D.C. on the road. So that's important if you're going to try to look at Sporting Kansas City on an uptick as well uh, from, from moving forward. Uh, quick scan just to see if anything else jumps out at me real quick. Guys, anything else you want to add before we have a couple little discussions I wanted to bring up? Uh, um, no.
0: Bear continues to score for New York City and be involved. So, uh, obviously, New York City's on a bye this week. You won't be picking him up this week. But, um, you know, coming soon, I, I think he's probably moving into a forward you want to be looking at conversation. Yeah. Because he's going to be a lot cheaper than the Vela's and others and Zlatan. So, um, I think he's definitely someone to look at uh, coming up.
1: And I'm going to throw in Minnesota again as well. That's another team to look at that's been struggling offensively and didn't get it done this week against Chicago. Um,
2: Philly, uh, Philly's still on a roll. Um, I mean, take a two-goal or two-one win in in Toronto. Um, uh, Homero Montero, um, young kid, has been getting a lot of minutes, and he's paying off fantasy-wise. Um, huge pickup there, and not a not a bad value as well. I mean, I guess I guess Philly liked him enough that they let David Akam go. So I mean, there's a lot of faith there, and Philly just seems to be on a roll. So keep riding that one.
1: Or a loss in faith in David Akam maybe is is the. Also something we could talk about, but let's because not. Because David Cobb's not good. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, we, I don't think we were on that bandwagon. I think that was ETR. So.
0: ETR loves David Cobb, and every time they get on a David Cobb kick, I'm like, he's good for 20 minutes, and if you shut him down for the, that 20 minutes, you're good. I guess every it's team realizes that. I guess it's so just like, just, oh, we can take a speed and do something with it, and you can't.
1: All right. Well, there's some takeaways to go into this fantasy double game week for round 12. Uh, It's a double game week. That's the biggest takeaway to to go into here. But before we get to our housekeeping and our round 12 recommendations, uh, a quick little aside to talk about a couple of things. Uh, First, you guys mentioned this a couple of times during our conversation just now. Has the landscape changed for who fantasy managers should consider as as teams to bet against and bet for? Who are those teams right now, if any?
2: Blaine? Um, I think I covered it quite a bit in the transfers, when I cover transfers. like You're still betting against New England until they hire a coach. Uh, their defense is still kind of hit and miss. Uh, San Jose on the road is another one that you can bet against on the defense a little bit. But overall, the league's tightening up a lot right now. Um, the sporting thing was kind of an aberration with some injuries. As they get guys back, that's going to stop being a thing as much. Um, I still don't have a ton of faith in that to end the defense at times with all the injuries. But still, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm having a harder time, and especially this week, picking against teams just based on who they are, and I see a lot of upswing from those. So yeah, I think the landscape is changing, and teams are just. <laughs> They're they're there to surprise you, so going all in on one of these teams you're expecting to have a bad week is a recipe for disaster.
1: Mike,
0: um, I don't think there's any change. I I take a different uh, approach from Blaine. I, I don't think anything that the Revs or Colorado or FC Cincinnati really scares me long term until they can show me consistently. You know, being excited for one week and playing a good game when you're at home, which is what Cincy and the Braves did. Um, and, and I mean, they, they played, I mean, San Jose is a cross country trip. FC Cincinnati played Montreal at the end of a double game um, road trip. Um, so the, to me, I'm still targeting those teams. Um, I mean, I think that as far as teams like I want to pick with, obviously LAFC is probably the best team um, in the league by a mile right now. Um, they're unbelievable on both ends of the ball. Um, you know, they're, they're a team that makes you wish that we could still pick four players because I think we would have four LAFC players uh, m- most weeks. Um, I think New York City is rounding into the defensive conversation, um, even if there's kind of some struggling with Max Morales. A- Aver is a cheap forward, as I said. But, I mean, I, defensively, uh, they're putting up a lot of great great clean sheet numbers. And, who you know, for fantasy purposes, who cares if they give up two or zero? If you get a real good shot at that zero, you're going to take it. Um, I think maybe a little bit more down on um, uh, L.A. Galaxy. We already talked about Philly. Um, To me, one of the big question marks is Atlanta. Um, They have a good streak. I don't know if they'll continue. One more I'll throw out there. I thought Houston looked pretty good uh, against um, Seattle. Uh, Even though they didn't win that game, uh, they created a lot of chances and if their finishing was better, they could have definitely gotten a draw if not a win uh, out there. So, Something to be looking at, as we'll talk about in a little bit.
1: Yeah, and I touched slightly on this last week in my MLS fantasy newsletter. Uh, subscribe to that at MLSsoccer.com. Uh, just Google search newsletters. It's the easiest way to find it. Uh, but I think as most fantasy questions go, I was specifically talking about captains, but as most fantasy questions go, the this is a gray area. The answer is, well, it, it depends. And, and that's because uh, I, I, I kind of agree with Mike. I don't think things have changed so much. There's still some teams you can target against. I think Cincinnati is still one of them. I think New England is still one of them. A a little bit lesser extent, San Jose. I think they've improved up some where maybe you're not as willing to go heavy against San Jose. and You may even pick a couple of San Jose guys every now and then because they're getting used to their system. Uh, But but there's still some of those teams. I think the idea of the must-haves and the go-tos are what have changed. Seattle was one, and they got hit with injuries. LAFC was one, and then they just hit this – dry spell. So uh, Toronto was doing well, and then Josie got injured. So there's so many of these little things that can change and then just snap, which you can't really hear with all this, uh, but snap. (laughs) And then it's different. They're no longer that team to target. And so there's so situational week to week, which is again why I like our game, where we can take that into consideration each week when we're building our team. So uh, I'm actually cooling on teams that must be targeted, even. Even this week, I, I do like LAFC again, but I have some reservations because they're playing Dallas twice. Dallas is playing LAFC twice. That gives you time to learn from your mistakes and maybe make it harder in that second game uh, to have a, a decent or a good result. So um, I I think some of the, the people, Reader's Digest version, to bet against are still the same, but those teams that are, are good, I think are having some of them maybe the midseason – pick up or or dip or whatever it is because of just the U-20 World Cup and the coming gold cup coming up and all that stuff that's going to impact us and just make us rethink some things going forward. So I like the question that I saw. Thanks, guys, for answering that. Um, Can I throw
0: one thing in there too, Um, especially with like LAFC? I mean, I don't know about this week on a double game week, but um, especially coming forward, you're going to have to consider that the teams have been doing super, super well have that baked into their prices. So you may want to always kind of double check and go back and look at new England and all these other teams to see which of the teams that have been terrible or kind of on the rise, especially certain players, you can get some bargains that'll help you fill out your roster, maybe get some differentials. Um, because I mean, those LAFC players as we'll talk about, they're pricey.
1: For sure. Well, let's move on to our housekeeping section. Unless there's actually, there's one more thing I want to talk about. I can't believe I almost forgot this. I'm going to throw this in right now because I saw a couple of people talking about uh, just some double game week wariness, maybe Uh, burnout might be another, another woe. And I wanted to bring that up right now. Our good friend on, on Twitter, uh, Mike Vandenbold had mentioned that that uh, he said burnout in particular and was wondering if we even need to have the double game weeks. Like, could we just remove those first games and just focus on everything else? And it's an interesting concept. And I think we've thrown it around a couple times between the three of us, but I don't know if we've really discussed it much on the podcast. So just just a few quick quick minutes right here, guys. Uh, Mike, I'll let you kick this one off because I think you talked about it some on Twitter. Thoughts of what do you think of removing those first double game week games from the actual fantasy equation?
0: Um, I mean, for me, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be entirely in favor of removing them entirely. Um, I mean, I, I understand the the benefits of doing that to you know to kind of streamline. It's always on Friday, but to to me, I don't like the idea of not having games that count in MLS count for fantasy. Um, for for me, the problem with the double game weeks is it puts too much emphasis on the midweek games because you pretty much need to pick the teams who are playing in the midweek, uh, and and to me, it kind of really. Um, compresses the choices like we've talked about I mean I've had decent scores you've heard in the last few weeks I haven't done any, gone anywhere um, in far on the overall rankings and I think it's because we're all kind of picking out of the same pot of eight teams even in a big double game week um, so to me what I've advocated is just to have these midweek games be their own week and then have a separate week for the weekends that way the weekend games still matter and you can have the full plethora of the league available they can have more diversity have more picks um, and it it is to me it makes more a lot of sense because we put so much emphasis on these midweek games, which is the exact opposite of what the league does. You have a lot of coaches rotate. I mean, we'll be talking about Atlanta and Bar- Vancouver. Atlanta's already said you know Garza and Parker. I'm sorry, Nagby and Parkers aren't even traveling. They don't care about that game as much. That's a game they can blow off. But we as fantasy players have to put undue importance because of how important it is statistically fantasy points. So to me, I think in making it more in line with the regular game is to have midweek separate from um, other game. But I mean, I absolutely agree. It's it, it causes a problem, and I know this year is going to be a lot worse than maybe next year because the schedule is convert, condensed because MLS is trying to change the start and uh, stop times of the league. So hopefully this won't be as bad next year. But I mean, I mean you were talking about it at the beginning of the show, trying to get all the fantasy content. You can't even have a whole lot of fantasy content. And if it is, it has to be about the double game week because why talk about anything on Friday? Cause everyone's teams are all done by Friday. So um, I, I think having splitting it up and letting double game weeks be their own or, you know, I mean, another option is to have only one of the scores count from a double game week. That way you wouldn't feel as pressure to take a double game week player. Um, but that way they would at least still like matter fantasy wise. Um, I mean, I think there are a lot of choices to do it, but I think the way it does right now doesn't put emphasis on what is most important in the league. Blaine.
2: Yeah, Mike ended off where I was going to start. I really like a system where you only get the higher of the two scores of the double game week players. There's no more of this double scores. You get two bites at the apple, but if you do what I did this week and go with David Bingham, he got a two and a three. I would get three points from my goalkeeper on that one. And that's horrible. And I know I said on Twitter publicly, like, if I had to pick a goalkeeper in the back end of a switcher or a keeper room, it was going to be Bill Hamid. I liked that matchup. It makes it where every single game week player is viable in a double game week. You just have certain guys like Zlatan, like a Pozuelo, who have two chances to get a higher score that or you're going to be banking on, but those extra, the third player from a team just because they're on a double game week may not be a very good idea, especially on those short double game weeks where you've only got two or four teams playing two games. We load up. You take 12 guys when four teams are playing. That's your whole lineup right there with a couple of bench options. Now you may only take four, six, eight guys from the double game week because you've got a slew of single game week players that you would rather turn to knowing that your whole half your gamble is taking your defensive midfielder who's going to get a four and a four for an eight, which is going to be as good as pretty much any single game week midfielder except for some of your super premium guys. I mean, you, you take that element out of the game. I think that would be a good compromise for this. Or uh, my other compromise that I would do is these massive double game weeks where we've got eight, 10, 12 teams playing twice. Just make those weekend only. If every team's playing on the weekend, make it a weekend only. But when you've got two or three teams playing that double game week on a Wednesday, it's not so bad. You don't feel the roster crunch to jump in and take all those. The smaller weeks are a little more manageable because, yeah, right now we have to have everything done by Wednesday at about uh, 7 Eastern. And then we don't get a break and it's kind of sit back and watch for the weekend and see what happens. There's not really any roster shenanigans or anything like that. And it does take a lot of the fun out of the game.
0: And and it really doesn't emphasize watching a whole lot of the league. I mean, I, you know, my fantasy interests were really intense on Wednesday. But during the weekend, I was like, oh, I guess maybe I'll watch Seattle Houston. I don't really need to. I mean, the only reason I watch it is because like both those teams were on a double game week this week. <laughs> you know, I mean, right. I, I mean, if the point of fantasy is to drive the interest of the league, you know, obviously we want more people watching midweek games. But we also want more people watching those big national broadcasts on the weekend. So yeah. I... I think there's a lot of reasons to, at least for, you know, Ben and all the people at MLS to sit down and take a look at it.
1: The only reason I don't like your idea, Mike, about making double game weeks their own separate week is it would cause a lot of bloat to the fantasy schedule that would make it kind of weird from the actual MLS schedule. And I think it would cause more deadlines that I don't think people would like. I don't think people would have, would like to have fifty deadlines they have to, to juggle to set the go in and set their team I think that would be difficult I like I like your ideas Blaine talking about that that two bites at the apple I know some of the homebrew systems you've been involved with with draft system for fantasy have used that and I think that is definitely a good compromise um, another one that I thought of would be to limit double game week players uh, we did it this season with how many total players you can have from a team, and I'm I'm wondering if that concept uh, it's simple like yours is simple. Blaine, it's it's a simple rule where maybe you just say you can only have five or six double game week players total, and because they there we have that tab now, they can clearly be identified, and then you have to have single game week players to move in there. So it does de-emphasize the midweek games. Maybe those just the ones that you think are best could encourage some diversity if you're again thinking do i want to have these defenders or these forwards or do i like which game do i like better for points it makes you think about that Uh, but if you do limit the number of people it it does make you have to consider some single game players which would make those games more important so um, interesting ideas i think that's a good discussion to have Uh, that's definitely one of the the well it's probably the biggest unique element to our game versus some of the others with just our plethora of buys and double game weeks that factor so heavily into our, our player selections and point calculations. So um, I liked that comment. Mike uh, VanBold, uh, you may not have thought that we were going to talk about it as much, uh, but I liked it so much. So thanks, guys, for that discussion. Let me know what you guys think. Let us know what you think. Uh, do you like the idea of limiting double game weeks or removing them completely or doing like Mike and having multiple deadlines? for the double game week. So let us know, hit us up on Twitter, send emails to us. Uh, Just let us know. We'd love to talk about it. We'll touch base next week when the double game weeks, just we'll take a quick breather. (laughs) Not really. There's just fewer of them. (laughs) Okay. Let's move on to our Patreon housekeeping section. Thank you so much to all of our Patreon members out there. Uh, who support us and, and help us be able to get some prizes and fun things and have this league and and uh, send me emails and give me corrections and pronunciations for how to say things. I really do appreciate that. And uh, just you make it so much fun. I'm working on getting some more of you all on the show now. Uh, Sherry, if you're listening, we need to get you on the show. You're, you're kicking butt in the league, so... I'm going to email you or you can email me, but I want to get you on the show here and talk. So I want to get more of you guys on the show, uh, share your experience and why you're a member. If you're interested in learning more about how to become a patron, head over to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash M-L-S-F-I. And let me know if you guys have any questions for video content that you may want to see. That they're over on the YouTube channel, post over on the Patreon board. I thought about maybe doing some reactions to each week or if you want to have some hangouts that way. I'm going to figure out this live thing. That's that's on my list. I'm going to figure this live. Thing. If you know how to do live YouTube to get the chat and everything going, let me know because I am struggling with it for some reason. Uh, but let me able do Twitch or something. I don't know. Uh, double game week teams. We've already been talking about this: Toronto, DC, Houston, Vancouver, Atlanta, Seattle, Orlando, LAFC, and Dallas. Don't get sucked into the trap thinking that Portland is a double game week team just because they're playing on Wednesday. They are not. They are a single game week team. Of those teams I just mentioned, DC has a double away game. Atlanta has a double away game. And Houston is the lone double home game team. Everybody else splits. Then also, as I mentioned before, earlier in the show, LAFC and Dallas are playing each other twice. So uh, that's going to be an interesting one to keep, keep an eye on. Uh, We also mentioned that New York City FC is the lone team on a buy. So if you're looking for switcheroo options this week, uh, that's the team you're going to want to have in there. They've got a 4.0 keeper, two 4.0 defenders, and two 4.0 midfielders. However, they do not have a budget forward. If you have to end up using that spot, I recommend looking over at Hunley at Colorado as a 4.0 switcheroo option, uh, potentially, if that's what you need to make your team work. Um, that's all that I've got for for that double game week update, Mike. So I'm going to throw it off to you to talk about uh, injuries and suspensions and maybe even trades if you want to.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, so kind of a quick a few quick notable trades. We have said a Combs traded from Philly to Columbus. Uh, Jonathan Lewis was traded to New York City. Uh, from New York City to Colorado. Uh, he's at 4.0 now. Um, he's so he's super cheap and he I, I assume he's going to be a starter uh, going forward for the Rapids. So. Good option to keep a uh, keep in mind. Um, Justin Miram was traded from the Crew to Atlanta. Uh, I don't know if he's going to get a whole lot of time, but uh, you know, be aware about that. Um, as far as injuries and rotations, uh, the U twenty World Cup is going on um, right now. Uh, we talked about last week about Barco missing. Uh, this week, I think the main player that you would want on your team that's not going to be there is Paxton Pomical from FC Dallas. Um, Dallas has not looked good uh, without him, so that's going to be something we'll talk about with LAFC. Um, we do have some discipline stuff to talk about. Um, Jesse Gonzalez from FC Dallas, Edward Atuesta from LAFC, um, and Nicholas Ladero are on caution warnings, um, and that's all I have right now. Um, you know, as always, that's something that they don't update until like right before Wednesday, but those are some players. Uh, and I know Atuesta is going to be something that's going to be interesting to a lot of players. Um, I mentioned this earlier, Darlington Nagby and Michael Parkers from Atlanta are not traveling to Vancouver. Uh, DeBoer says he's not going to make wholesale rotations, but you know that's something the that coaches sometimes say right before they make wholesale rotations, so be aware about that. Uh, Victor Rodriguez the Seattle left early with a hamstring strain. Uh, Aro Jr. for Toronto left early with a back injury. Um, Arise from Vancouver uh, left training holding his knee, I believe. Um, so he looks like he's going to be out. Uh, Nani missed Orlando's match against Atlanta with a calf injury. Uh, no word on if he's going to be available, um, for the double game week this week. Um, Not as as important for this week, but if you're wondering why Jonathan Dos Santos didn't do anything this week, it's because he got a left hamstring strain. Um, I would expect he'll probably miss this coming game. Uh, Speaking of Galaxy players possible to miss, uh, Zlatan may be looking at a suspension for putting his hands to Sean Johnson's neck. Um, That was covered at instant replay. Uh, And even though VAR didn't do anything about it, um, Disco might. So keep aware about that situation. Um, if you're wanting to follow up and um, do a single game league player. Uh, also, Nico Gaitan left early from Chicago. Otherwise, he would have scored even more points and been absolutely ridiculous this past week. Um, those are all of the injuries I had. I did say Victor Rodriguez for Seattle. Yes. So, um, yeah. So those are all the injuries that I saw.
1: All right. Thank you so much, Mike. Now let's move on to our ESPN Plus round 12 preview. If you haven't checked out ESPN Plus yet, uh, you really should, especially since I'm hearing that there could be some bundling going on with uh, Disney Plus and Hulu. So uh, even more reason to get this this cheap way, $5 a month to get access to a lot of MLS content uh, on demand and streaming. So uh, check out ESPN Plus. You can do that by heading over to mlsfantasyboss.com. There's a there's a link right there in our sidebar around the chat to to see how you can start your five your free seven day trial for just just five bucks. So check out ESPN Plus. Now let's talk about single game week options. Uh, are there any? No. Someone will probably make it, but uh, that's a flip of the coin. So uh, don't even when we had. Uh, Kyle on her last week he was talking about the importance of uh, going heavy in defense so I think that's a strategy people could be looking at here that may maybe you go with an LA Galaxy player on defense they're they're playing the very last game of the week though it is against Colorado but as we've said Colorado can score so but that's that's the only team I've kind of seen in some lineups that. I guess kind of makes sense. Maybe you could roll with that, but if it, it's got to be a switcheroo. If, if anything, that's got to be a switcheroo. So, uh, general answer there, going to go with a, a no for single game week players. Throwing in a couple of questions here. A lot of people do this, and so I think I'll just let you guys weigh in as well. Just really quick, uh, off the top of your head, or just, just before we start talking about stuff, are there any players that you think are definitely just an avoid? In general, and then uh, what game do you think is going to be the best one for points,
0: Mike? Would players to avoid it totally this week? Yeah, know what you said. Um,
1: either because like they're just bad, or or mostly I'm looking for people that might be someone that they would grab, but like no, no, just avoid this guy this week. That that the like for me, I'm going to say Valeri. Yeah, he's gotten several good results. But it's a single game week, like don't even fool with that. Like Valerie's an avoid player for me.
0: Um I, I might say Nani if, if he's coming off an injury. Um I, I'm I'm tempted to also throw it with Ladero. Um Ooh, although I could be burned by that one. He's, he's on a yellow card accumulation warning. Um he might be better without Victor Rodriguez, but you know, he just hasn't been nearly as consistent uh, this year. So I and especially with a whole lot of other good midfielders. I think that might be one. Um, and I'm going against my own advice as you'll see, but I'm almost wondering if Puzuelo is this way too um, just because Toronto's had two double game weeks back to back. I don't know if he if he's like Michael Bradley needs an iron man, but I, I think I just wanted to flag like, you know, I, I thought about maybe not having him a the team decided he's too good not to have, but you know, those are kind of players to to maybe my other players to avoid is high-priced defenders who have road games
2: Blaine. yeah i was gonna say all of orlando um without nani there they're kind of uh, one of those wild card teams that is hit or miss and dwyer has been rotated i mean the whole front line's been rotated you look at that fc cincy game on the back end at home and it's like ooh, maybe this is where i need to grab some players for the double game week but I'm just going to kind of fade all of Orlando, especially if Nani's injured, if he's not in that first game. I mean, it's a road game to Seattle, so I bet there's some rotation on that first week and or the first game. And I just I I can't honestly say grab anybody from Orlando and feel comfortable giving that advice out this week. You may think differently than me, but that's that one. Um, and I'm kind of with Mike on this one. I think Ladero is one of those trap players as well. Philly at home is going to be a tough game for Seattle, the way they've been playing lately. And Ladero's on that yellow card warning. Like that's just one of those that screams he's going to pick up some stupid foul or run his mouth at the ref in that first game. And he's going to pick up the suspension and have to sit out that Philly game on the road. And it's just Ladero has done that. I think he's done that to us once before, maybe twice before. And I just get that feeling he's going to pick up that early yellow and be gone for the second game.
0: Let me throw one more out um, that I thought after you asked it, Reid, uh, and that is Smith for Seattle. Um, we did mention we forgot to mention one big transfer that came in, and that's Joven Jones returning to Seattle. Longtime Seattle uh, fantasy players know who he is. Uh, there's a lot of discussion about where in the left back fullback situation Joven's going to do. Um, Smith is on a loan from Burnley. It's either Burnley or Burnmouth. I don't remember which one of the mid-table, lower-table Premier League teams he's on the loan for. Uh, But that's coming to an end at the end of the year – or excuse me, at the end of the – in the middle of the summer. Uh, So I don't know what's going to happen to Smith. But, I mean, Jovan Jones, they they re-signed him to get playing time. So I could see him getting rotated in this week. And so that's a position I'm less – a lot less confident in for Seattle, whereas you, that's something you probably don't know about unless you're aware about that transfer and how it's going to affect it.
1: Uh, biggest game for points that you're looking forward
0: to? Uh, biggest game for points, uh, both of LAFC's games against Dallas.
1: Yeah, I'm right
0: uh, there. How, I mean, yeah. Dallas has not looked good without Pax Pomico. I mean, we didn't really talk about it a lot this weekend, but New York Red Bulls pretty much threw out a B team and smoked Dallas. That's bad. (laughs) Uh, I mean, New York Red Bulls, I mean, they're one of the few teams who have lost the revolution, just to give you a sense of where they are and to to go on the road after playing midweek, getting a bad loss against Montreal, I thought, uh, and then going to Dallas in their home stadium and just walloping them. Um, I, I think Dallas is in trouble, and LAFC has just put every marker to show that they're really good, and so... I mean, I mean we, we didn't say this, but I could probably say stay away from all of Dallas this double game week.
1: Ooh, that's interesting. They got some budgets, but we'll get to that right now. Uh, thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, I think we all agree on that LAFC uh, series right there. That's definitely, I think, the biggest one to watch, especially that first one. Uh, but let's go into keepers, defenders, and shutouts. Uh, Blaine, let's start with you with keepers. Uh, is, this, is this another week to just roll the dice with Guzan? Um,
2: for me, no. Um, I'm going to go with Joe Willis in the keepery spot uh, he's got the double home um, Portland's been better on the attack, but I still think they're susceptible to getting that shut out. And DC is another one. They've been kind of Rooney. It's Rooney magic or nothing. And I just think you take the double home and see what happens. Uh, I didn't, the only keeper I liked more really for what I saw was Tyler Miller, but I don't think you can take a, take an LAFC to, keeper here. Uh, just the other options as we always talk about, go get your points somewhere else. LAFC offers way too much. This is one of those, if I had a fourth spot, it would be Tyler Miller, but it's not. I don't, so I can't. And so just roll the dice with the double home and lock it in. He's only 6.6. Um, you skipped me over on the big points getters. This no, I thought week. you shook your head
1: for the for the LAFC oh, series.
2: Oh Yeah, but everybody's thinking that. No, my other one is where I have two center backs from Vancouver this week. Um, home, home for, or Vancouver's home versus Atlanta, and then at Sporting. And this is one of those weird ones where I could see them getting a clean sheet in either one of these games the way they play. Their defense has been coming around. But these are two teams that like to all-out attack when they can, and this is a huge opportunity to pick up bonus points, and I could see both of these guys getting three to four bonus points per game. And so if you're talking, do the math, six, eight points plus another four for – that you're talking about 10-point week without clean sheets. Um, huge for me here, and I will I will take that risk. And so I'm going to roll with both uh, Daniel Henry and Eric Godoy this week and just see what happens. They're a little pricey, but I like the way this one matches up. And then throwing Short in is the other one. I think you do need one LAFC defensive unit here, or piece here. And Betashore offers a lot going forward as well as getting some of those defensive points.
1: Or for those of you watching on YouTube, I just got up to let my dog in because she was scratching at the door because apparently she is also very interested in MLS fantasy player recommendations. Uh, Mike,
0: so same question. Um, I have a very different team than Blaine as far as, uh, defensively. Um, I went with Fry, um, in goal, um, mostly because I'm looking at that Seattle or Orlando game as a pretty good, uh, shutout possibility. um, I'm just not sold on Houston and, and with Portland and DC's offensive form, I'm not quite as sold as go all in Whereas, especially in, and this is going to be a theme. I really like Houston offensive players and LAFC offensive players. So that's where I went this week. Um, and I didn't like the Seattle offensive players as much. So I also have Kiki. Uh, we talked about, about Smith, um, having the issues with Jovan Jones. Um, so I, I like Kiki's chances. Um, I also have a Vancouver defender, but I have Adnan. Or Anon. Um, he's 6.7. Uh, I think he's got that. He may be taking PKs. I don't know. Uh, but especially with Atlanta, I, I suspect rotating heavily with the cross-country trip and a much more important game against New York Red Bulls uh, at the weekend. I think that's a sneaky pick. Uh, but I didn't want to double up. Um, I, I don't see either any of their defenders being great. Uh, bonus point chances, so I I dropped in uh, Lunkfist from uh, the Dynamo. Uh, he's only five point two, seems to be a consistent starter, so I'll get the chance on the Houston double home uh, points. And then on my bench, I have Zavalletta. Um He's four million, and he started the last two games. I think with the injuries to Aro, so he's cheap. Maybe he'll get me something. Um, and I, I I think home at DC, you know, for the reasons Blaine talked about. I don't think that's a terrible shot, and then I think RSL has kind of really struggled on the road, so um, not a bad uh, choice as far as I'm concerned. You know, especially four million on the bench can't go wrong.
1: Yeah, I really like that Zavaleta pick. Uh, I'm torn myself with uh, goalkeeper because I have the same concerns about the Houston defense. It's not been great when you look at the the point scores and the three round averages. It's the point totals. It's it's not fantastic with Houston. Uh, I'm kind of up in the air between Willis and Miller myself. uh, I'm not sure about what Dallas can do, and so I do think LAFC is okay, and then I'm willing to to just go with a couple of attackers and then have Miller be my defensive coverage right there. Uh, Though I'm also going to throw out Dallas here because I know, Mike, you had said, like, maybe even no Dallas. Uh, Right now I've got Hollingshead sitting on my team because he's had some offensive sparks uh, with some people missing. He may play – uh, some more. I know he didn't get a full ninety last <coughs> time, but Kazoo uh, tight, whatever. Say for coughing. Um, but I've got Hollingshead in because he has some interesting offensive perks. Uh, make may make get some bonus points, so he's cheap at six point eight. I've also got He, I do have the same concerns, especially uh, with with Jovan Jones maybe coming back and and last week uh, Smith rotated during the double game week, so he could be a likely one to rotate again this week um i also have a non from vancouver especially with that atlanta rotation that that could be good right there though i do still have robinson in my team so we will see i think having someone from atlanta might work and maybe guzan could be it uh vancouver is still such a weird team of when they score and when they don't score and just when pieces fall together right there so um And
0: Robinson as a player I would really like if I had the money, but he's 8.3 right now and I am broke.
1: (laughs) I don't think you look at Toronto. I think Bono rotated last week um, as well, so I don't know if that's a team you want to look forward to. But I think uh, that you guys hit the big ones that you're looking at. Guzan, Willis, Fry, and um, Miller are probably the, the four goalkeepers that most people are going to be looking at this weekend that you can just figure out what your budget works with and how you want to get those three players situated right there. Okay. Let's move on to our midfielders. Mike, I want to know what you were going to say here because the first two players I added to my team are the two players that you were talking about are potential players to avoid.
0: Uh, Yeah. So um, I have Kai. Um, I I mean, I think he just passed into the net for a goal. Uh, I mean, he's been on fire uh, I think he's pretty much a must-have this week. Um, doing a little bit risky on the yellow card accumulation, but uh, I have Atuesta as well. Um, he's been very consistent, and, and I don't think Dallas is going to be as strong as an attack going forward that Atuesta is really going to be needing to pick up yellow cards in order to do his defensive duties. I uh, also have Pozuelo. Um, that's one just to look and see what's going on um, in the in the rotation. And, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But, I mean, he's just put up numbers too good, even though he had that bad game against Atlanta, um, which makes him pause a little bit. Um, you know, he still got a six the next game, still put up 14 points in a double game week overall. So, um, I, and I think you'll get see more of Josie this week too, uh, especially if you get some time with Josie against RSL. Um, I, I was not impressed with RSL's defense against Colorado. I don't know Colorado's offense isn't that bad, but, I mean, come on you should do better than that uh and then on the bench i have christian rodon um i don't know if any of y'all saw the banger he scored scored this weekend but it was uh, fantastic i think he's gotten a little bit too dependent fantasy wise on those goals and not as much bonus point production but it's still decent enough at 9.8 that i'm willing to throw him on the bench and see what happens
2: Blame. yeah i struggle a lot with my midfield this week and usually it's not this hard um I think Pozuelo, even though he is a little bit of a rotation risk, is one of those kind of must-own guys. He's got way too much potential. DC has not been the greatest team, and I think that RSL game is a huge chance for him to pick up some extra points. So I, he's one of those. I, he's in my team because I think the risk of not having him is too great. Um, I'm going to roll the dice with Atuesta. Um, I know it's a yellow card risk, but... I just I can't overlook him again. He's another one of those guys. I don't want to miss out if he does go both games. Um, and then uh, Ladero's in there to see what happens with the lineup and to hold that money. But if he is, if if Rodriguez is not there, he will probably stay in. If Rodriguez is there, I am worried about that. And Roldan would be my backup to Ladero this week. Um, just kind of depends on gut feeling that day when I see the lineups and what happens there. But he's going to be hard to pass up on. Then I've got Thomas Martinez in there as well. Eight point nine puts him in a little bit cheaper than some of these other guys we've been talking about. Um, double home, uh, just he does tend to pull the strings a little bit. Uh, averaging five points a game at eight point nine, that's really hard to pass up on on the double game week. And then I'm running a scrub in the in the fifth midfield spot. This is one of the first weeks I haven't tried to fit five midfielders in for a while.
1: So do you have any concerns that Martinez has not been going the full 90 in the majority of his games and has only had a couple of goals and one assist as far as his production?
2: To a degree. Um, really, it's coming down to his average and his price, though. And I mean, maybe as, maybe I need to look closer at his more, most recent games to see if that's been inflated from something else for his average but i mean the double home should help a lot with the rotation risk um i just i've got that feeling with him i I don't think you can skip out on coverage here and he's one of those guys i like i mean if you don't if you don't like the way he's been playing go with memo i mean he's an even cheaper option should be able to get minutes this week i but i just i like i like martinez this week it's just something about it
1: hey no it's it's all good with what you want to go for. Uh, well, for me, I kind of went with, maybe it's more of a template Mike mentioned. Uh, I would went Pozuelo and Ladero as my first two players. Uh, I'm willing to take that yellow card risk for Ladero. He may play a bit more reserved against Orlando at home, uh, but but I'm willing to, to roll that dice for Ladero. I think he will do better without Rodriguez if he's with that hamstring injury, uh, and so that's, that works for me. 10.9 is really affordable for the kind of player he is. I also went with Pozzuello. Uh, If Josie does make it back for one of these games, especially that first game, I think that will be great for his production, uh, but he's able to do it a lot on his own already, so I think we could have a decent score out of him for the kind of player. There is some concern, like Mike was talking about, with that rotation, with already having a double game week, and uh, it could be that RSL game that, that that happens. It's I mean it's the away game. It's altitude. I could see that being one that that happens. But he's he's definitely someone to keep an eye on because it is a lot to spend for a player that may not get to. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen because he's he's what they need right now. He's, he's helping them. So uh, then I also have K there at my midfield. So I went with K because while I was willing to roll the dice with Ladero, I don't know about. Atuesta, if I really want to have two players that could get yellow cards on me and then leave me with two single game week guys. But uh, Atuesta is definitely still a little bit cheaper on a lot of those set plays, so a great option. Again, with value, I'm looking at Dallas as well. Hayes, a $4 million player, going to see some time most likely, especially with uh, people missing for the U-20s and with some injuries right there. So I I think that's uh, some options right there that you could look at. You If you want to go with some more Atlanta players, depending on – on who's going to be playing. You might look at Gressel. He had a goal called back last week, I believe. Uh, but, Mm -hmm. but he's getting some action, especially with, with uh, Barco gone. That that's one of the go-tos as well. Uh, value at, I got him. Well, I don't have him on my team. So give me a second. Uh, Atlanta switch. There we go. Gressel 9.4. So it's a good value there. Um, yeah, I think that that covers a lot of the players you're going to look at. Again, mention Vancouver. Just I just don't know what to expect from them. So you've you've got some options if you want to look at Vancouver. Uh, I know that that what is it? Uh, Wang has had some success in the past, and then uh, Tybert is, is, is he did really well last week, and then um, uh, those are probably the two guys you're going to look at there. I mean, I think. Uh, for for most of it, Reina's is, is injured right now, so I know that's been a go-to in the past. And uh, Felipe Martins has not been playing a lot, so he may not be those that central defender uh, consistent points that we were used to seeing out of a player like himself. So uh, interesting, Mike. I'm I'm really I'm still just like you're making me double double guess myself with like Pozuelo and Ladero. Like that was my those are my first two guys. <laughs> you're killing me here, man. That's, that's
0: that's the point of the injury report is to make you double guess and be concerned and fret and you know All
1: right, well, I hope that gives some options for people at midfield always a fun this is always my favorite segment of, of the week. Let's talk about forwards Blaine.
2: Yeah, Um Vell is obviously first guy in the lineup this week um, Just yeah um, I do like Altidore. He's got a green dot next to his name. Again, I'm going to be watching that lineup closely. But I mean, if he starts that first game, I'm going to expect him to probably play both. Um, he, they're too reliant on him for goal scoring at times. And, yeah, uh, double game week. I think he's showing that he's one of the best forwards in the league still and can't miss out on that. And then I've got Elise in here. Um, this is really a toss-up between him and Minotas. Every week, but I think Elise has been a little more consistent lately. So I'm going with him up there. That's why I've only got four midfielders this week. This is a huge budget crunch to put on my team with. Uh, it looks like 34, 35 million up here on my three forwards. So yeah, that's. A, I think those are the three best options this week. Elise has got the double home again. Portland and DC. DC's got a good defense, but coming off of a. Uh, coming in the second game of a double-game week and a pretty big road game down to the Heat in Houston. I think it's going to play well for Houston this week. Mike?
0: So, um, obviously, you start with Vela. Um, I think he's a must-have. And then I went with Minotas over Elise. Um, You know, it's one of those we've talked in the past about the Houston uh, roulette wheel. And, you know, so I, I don't think you can go wrong Either one, um, I'm going with Minota. So you should probably go with Elise because usually whoever I pick, the other one is the one who scores. <laughs> um, but to protect myself a little bit on the bench, I have Kyoto. Um, he's kind of been getting some substitution um, minutes for injury, so nothing like great. But I'm poor and I needed a sub. Through and you know at seven million, Kyoto maybe he'll rotate in. Maybe he'll you know hit someone for a goal. We'll, we'll see what happens.
1: Uh, for me, I went with Vela and Elise. Uh, I think Elise is the guy to go to. Though if you're looking for some other options, uh, I have Vialba on my bench right now in a switcheroo. Uh, I don't know what I think about that. It's a double away game. Vialba was the, the better player last week, so he's, he's got some of that positive form going for him. Uh, but you might also look at Montero. He's got a a goal in, in each of his last two games, maybe also an assist two weeks ago, but he's on some good form played almost 90 minutes uh, Played 90 minutes, one game, almost 90 minutes, second game could be set to go 90. in both of these uh, games for Toronto or for Vancouver, Toronto cheese for Vancouver. And again, if Atlanta is going to rotate, that could be good for Montero there. And then traveling to sport in Kansas city, uh, it's still not the a defense blame. It's still not the a defense. So maybe, yeah. maybe some hope there for a good, uh, bet on Montero eight point three that's a lot of value for a Ford um the same reasons about Martinez or what should keep me away from Rooney he's he's a lot of money for a double home game uh even with some weaker defenses with Toronto and Houston I just I just don't like that a lot um and then we're always gonna have to talk about Rui Diaz to see if if he's gonna be an option there without Rodriguez do you like Rui Diaz as an option oh
0: um. I don't, I don't know who you were asking. Um, Rudy Diaz uh, is coming off an injury. He got subbed off early. I don't know how much faith I have in him. I mean, he's still a good player. Um, but, I mean, on, and honestly, that's part of the reason I didn't go with Montero. I looked at him, but he got subbed early in the last double game week. Um, so maybe because it's a double home, we'll, we'll see him both games. Um, but, I mean, you know, in the last double game week, he only played one minute against LAFC. Now, it's LAFC, and they were probably more than happy to just – not score against LAFC. But, um, I mean, he is an older player, so that that's my concern against Montero. And it's similar with Rui Diaz or Josie Altidore. You know, if their injury status coming in double game weeks, I just don't know what's going to happen, and I'm always worried about them becoming a single game week player. Because usually if they become a single game week player, maybe their worst situation is that they get subbed off early in the first game and then sub off, sub in late. So that way I get the price deduction in that second game. <laughs>
1: Alright, let's talk about captains then, Mike. Who do you have?
0: Um, I have Vela.
2: Vella.
1: I'm not sold on Vella.
0: Okay, let's hear
1: it. I'm I'm not sold on Vela just because of that double Dallas game and, and I feel like that gives a team the opportunity to adjust to what the it puts pressure on. On the successful team to see if they want to double down with that strategy or their their normal game plan, or try to switch it up, and it gives the the I guess a team on the short end of the stick. I'm assuming that might be Dallas with some of what they're missing this week, and they're playing away first, uh, the opportunity to learn or bunker up in a second game and just make it very difficult for a double game week forward. And we've seen some of that difficulty from LAFC in the past when dealing with like a hard bunker, which might be what Dallas does. Uh, So I don't know if Vela is the for sure go-to captain. I I don't have the solid, this is who you go with, if not him option, because it is kind of up in the air with like, if Josie starts, I I think Pozuelo is, is a fantastic captain option because he does have that connection, which I imagine will come back quite quickly between the two of them there i if you're willing to risk it i think without rodriguez that ladero is a much more attractive option for uh, a captain pick there there at midfield so um those are two other guys that i'm really thinking even though i know mike again this is why what you said was was just weighing on me so much because i'm looking at those guys as captains this might even be a time to go to defender again i mean we saw that a couple of weeks ago with that. So maybe even somebody like Adnan comes in and gets a PK and, and scores that, or, or he, does something crazy and gets a goal. So, uh, I just don't know if Vela is as sure. And for me, it's just the, the ability for Dallas to react to LA in that second
2: game. Yeah. But this is Dallas without without packs, which is a significantly weakened team so for, on, is, on the offense.
1: But it's, but what happens if Dallas just bunkers up,
2: uh, LAFC shown time and again this season they can break down the bunker. And they've shown um, they can fail against the bunker.
0: But even in the chances where they – I mean, the games where they had the bunker, they were generating chances. Um, you know, I mean, the, the game against Chicago was not a bad game. They just, it just just didn't happen to score. Um, and, I mean, I don't know that Dallas's defense has been good enough, even on the road. I mean, remember, they just gave up three to the New York Red Bulls, and that was a tired Red Bulls side coming in. Um, I, I mean, I, I I mean, when is the, when's the last time we had a Dallas clean sheet? I, I don't I don't even remember. Um, but I mean, that that team hasn't been a bunkering team so far. You know, it's not like Vancouver. You know, that's you know we're just we don't really have no interest in scoring goals.
1: <laughs> For sure. I mean, Bella does have. He's got Vela's a goal system.
0: The single digits five times. Do what? Vela has only gotten single digits five times this entire mm-hmm. year. It's like twelve. 13 games. He's good.
1: (laughs) We said the same thing last week.
0: Not doing Vela is a major differential play because everyone pretty much is captaining Vela. So if you're not going to do Vela, that's a differential. So maybe I should do it just to say, screw it. Maybe I actually put that as a poll on Twitter. Should Michael pay, pick a crazy team this week? Just to oh, see you could
1: happens. do it. Just does does Mike Captain Vela? But. all right, well I'm just throwing that out there. I like to give options for people. So if you don't want to feel locked into Vela, that's my argument. I feel like we
0: should, should
2: say,
0: a lot. Let me say one thing in favor of FC Dallas because this week has a really mm-hmm. interesting switcheroo situation. I don't know if you mentioned LAFC and Dallas don't play on Wednesday; they play on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to pick up a Dallas player as a switcheroo option, and you would still have a double game week option. You could see what happens on Wednesday and then throw in a Dallas player. Um, you know, if something goes wrong with one of your TFC players. So if, for example, if you had a Ladero or Atuesta, Well, you're not going to work with that to West. But with Ladero, you wanted to see what happens with the yellow card situation. You could have Ladero on your bench, and then, oh, no, something happens. You could put put in an FC Dallas midfielder instead if he just gets a single game week. So that's something for players to keep in mind. I don't know how the budget's going to be all that friendly to it, but it's something to keep in mind if you have a ridiculous amount of money.
1: No, it's a good point. Good point to point out to everybody. All right, well, again, I hope that that gives people options to consider as you're building your double game week team for Wednesday. Those games start at uh, – let's see, I wrote it down here in just a second. to go? Ah, uh, those games start at 8 – I had it. It was right here. I just add all these notes now. It was supposed to be – so there we go. 8 o'clock, May uh, the 15th, Toronto versus D.C. kicks all that. And it's this has just been a train wreck. You guys missed it. I, I'm going to edit it out, but I had a whole train wreck at the beginning of the show too. So, ooh, <laughs> ooh, uh, but so so important. Hope you guys have some options. Uh, that's all that we have for the show tonight. Let's get some plugs in here, Blaine.
2: Um, nothing from me this week. Mike,
0: uh, I want to plug uh, Manchester City winning the Premier League again. Champion is champion. I'll save you from my singing.
1: <laughs> Did you? How how were you doing in uh in the Champions League?
0: Uh, uh not well. But I hope the team that beat us wins. I'll put it that way. That's, that that that's a cup. That's a giveaway to you, Reed. Enjoy that.
2: Thank
1: you, thank you. I
0: appreciate <laughs> it. pissed. I'd be more mad because you don't belong there. Dang it! It's a handball. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh. Uh, and of course again you can
0: check out everything what was that i hate you wafer
1: it's okay it's okay you can check out I'll everything say, yeah. i have over at mlsfancyboss.com the uh elo charts are already up there will be the form and difficulty charts posted this week as well uh, check out, I'm sure the Behind the Numbers article will be there as well as this podcast. Uh, won't be on the radio this week. Doesn't usually happen with the big double game weeks because of everything that happens on the Wednesdays. Uh, but do look for the MLS Fancy newsletter that I have. You can subscribe to that through MLSsoccer.com. Just Google search for MLS soccer newsletters and subscribe to the fantasy there. And please send me questions. If you want to have uh, anything answered in the article or on this show, uh, send us your questions through Reddit, send them to us on Twitter, uh, email, anything, just let us know. And we're happy to answer any questions that we get uh, as long as they're legit questions. So, so no weird things. Uh, and Star <laughs> Wars yeah.
0: legit questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we question. will do
1: weird questions too. Yeah, sometimes, but <laughs> thank you so much everyone for listening and good luck.